Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. You know what I mean? It just doesn't compute, you know? The law is the law. This is in our hands. I mean, it really is. People were there. We will continue to raise our voices. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. I don't mind telling you. There's nothing promising in that sky for several days, at least, other than the odd bit of watery sunshine. Over the weekend, November rang. Rang and said, can we have our weather back, please? Dreadful. Absolute. I tried to start a barbecue Monday afternoon. Dear, or Saturday evening. Dear sweet God. Worst decision of my life. Anyway, good morning. It's Monday. It's been a very busy weekend. It's a day filled with hope and positivity, I think, for everyone trying to reopen a business this morning. Delighted to see the lads inundated on the breakfast show with messages from businesses opening. The same extension or the same invitation is extended to you. Uh, from the opinion line between now and 12 if you'd like to get in touch with us and just let us know that you're open and that you're getting ready to start again and that it's a day when we can all here's hoping that when you get open today you never have to close again that's the big hope for this morning of which much more as we go through but first of all imagine opening your porch door you hear a commotion all right just a bit of a commotion on the green outside and you wonder what is going on and you open your porch door <gasps> oh Jesus Christ what the actual that's well <laughs> you can imagine how she reacted that is a, a grab of what purports to have been a gunshot in Ravensdale Close in Mahan yesterday evening. Now, our senior news correspondent Fiona Corkins across this. Fiona, I think there have been some arrests and there will be a court appearance this morning. Good morning to you. 
That's right, PJ. Gardaí issued this statement in the last few minutes to confirm that they had been called to a disturbance in the Ravensdale close area of Mahan at around 5.15 yesterday evening after a shot was discharged. And um, they said that throughout the evening they carried out searches of uh, two residents, two homes in relation to this incident and three vehicles were also searched. A number of weapons were seized and a total of nine people were arrested. This included four men, uh, a male teenager and four women. Now the teenager and one of the women have been released without charge. Four men and one woman remain in Garda Garda, uh, custody this morning and two women are due to appear before Cork District Court at half ten this morning in relation to that incident that you described and the audio clip there is of a video that was circulating on social media which Mm showed these men, there were six men who arrived at Ravensdale uh, close in two cars and they were dressed completely in black, wearing balaclavas and armed with what appeared to be machetes and slash hooks. And they made their way across the green area to a house. And um, it's understood just from, you know, looking at videos and talking to people from the area, um, it, it appears that this involved two Um, families who have been involved in a feud for the last couple of weeks and one family came to this house in Mahan believing that it would be empty and um, when they arrived it was occupied. Now it's unclear at this stage who fired the shot um, but we saw in the videos yesterday that there was commotion on the green area. These men were roaring and shouting and um, you know it was a very scary sight for anybody living in that area of Ravensdale Close is a a family area there's a lot of young children there's a lot of elderly people who've been living there a lot of most of their lives and this was as i said at 5 15 so it was broad daylight mm. people were sitting down you know relaxing for on a sunday evening maybe children out playing and you know this is something that people were not expecting to see in their area um it's not something that we see a lot of in cork and um you know yeah uh, people now are obviously very nervous about what's going to to happen in this area. Now, Gardaí, as I said, they did carry out searches of two houses and three vehicles, and we believe that some of the weapons that were seized included pitchforks, machetes. Um, uh, I think there was a, a number of bulletproof vests seized as yeah. well. And um, Gardaí are carrying out investigations. The, the area around Ravensdale was sealed off yesterday. Members of the Garda Armed Support Unit arrived on the scene, and they were seen going into that house in Mahan. So um, it is uh, like last week I spoke to you, PJ, following an incident, a similar incident in uh, Rochestown yeah. where shots were fired. I was, I was about Gardaí. to ask you, are the Gardaí making any connection there, Fiona? They haven't officially said yet, but uh, we understand that that family in Rochestown is, in, is connected to this incident as well. It's part of these two feuding gangs to feuding families um, but Gardaí will be investigating whether or not uh, there is a connection between the two now there were people there was eight people arrested following that incident incident last week and two people were brought before the court last week and um, they were refused bail so okay. um, that's ongoing yeah obviously. that's okay. ongoing at the minute so we can't say much more about that right but, well I mean um, district court at 10.30 and if we hear any more I'm sure you can come back to us before the end of the programme Fiona 
Yes, I will do, of course, yeah. Much appreciate that. That's Fiona Corcoran, our senior news correspondent. So that's the latest statement from the Gardaí issued just before 9 o'clock. They say that two women will appear at Cork District Court this morning, Monday, 10th of May, at half 10. Investigations ongoing. A number of people still uh, in custody at uh, different gather stations around the city. If you happen to be in that Ravensdale area and you would like to tell me about what happened last evening and you don't have to give me your name, you don't have to tell me where you live exactly, uh, but if there's anything that you saw or anything that you would like us to know about, because you know what, the only way we know about these things is when people tell us. So do give us a shout at uh, 1850-715-996. And if there is anything from the District Court during the morning, uh, we'll get back to Fiona on it. Now, everyone has an opportunity, or thousands of businesses anyway, an opportunity to open up today, including hairdressers. Uh, Haley is out at three degrees in Blackpool. Hey, Haley, how are things? Hi, how are you? Good, good. Is it is it all going according to plan? Have you had anybody in yet? Oh, yeah, we're open since nine o'clock this morning now and all going according to plan, thank God. So far, so good. Yeah. How how important is it to get the doors open and get people in and out? Like, it's it's unbelievable. The last year, like, we're, we're, we've been closed for almost a year, like, and it's very hard. Now, don't get me wrong, we all enjoyed our time off. Like, you'd never get anything like that, hmm. you know, um, but we're delighted to be back to work. I think this reopening is different. I think everyone is a little bit more positive because a lot of people are vaccinated now as well. Um, so we're, we're all hoping that there's not going to be another lockdown. Yeah, well, in the last couple of weeks, the Taoiseach has been saying that when we open something this time, we want it to stay open. And with that attitude, you'd hope that they'll get it right. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I think it's calmer this time, like like reopening in, in the other lockdowns, it was always really busy because people knew that, you know, it might only be for a couple of weeks and it was constantly like Christmas. We never got the chance to get to normal working because we were just locked down again. Yeah. Whereas we definitely feel it's calmer this time. Now, it's still very busy. Um, but I think everyone is just that little bit more positive. Yeah. Now, I mean, would you guys in Three Degrees do walk-ins anyway, or is it always by appointment only? We we do take walk-ins, like if someone came in and if there was an appointment available, no problem, we would have. But mainly we do run by appointment. Mm. So it's not really a, a big thing for you to be appointment only. I, I imagine it's probably for men's hairdressers, it's a more unusual thing uh, to, to be operating appointment only. So uh, yeah. are, you, are you booked solid for the day? Oh, yeah, we're booked now. Like, we've, we've a few appointments for the month, but we would be fairly booked out now this month. We do have a Get few away. Yeah. <laughs> booked out till the end of May. We have a few appointments available, but it's fairly booked till the end of May. Crikey. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We're delighted. That's brilliant. In fact, and like, how many appointments can you do a day? I mean, obviously, you've got to keep up the. That's it, you see, because we wouldn't have our full staff on now, like as we would before. So the appointments are more spread out, you know. Yeah, so yeah. we wouldn't be able to have the amount of people in the salon as we would have before COVID. So it's actually, even though it's really busy, it's a lot more relaxed. The atmosphere in the salon is a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Like normally on a Saturday, you'd have like weddings and parties and everything. You don't have much of that anymore now. So like it, there's never like we'd normally be booked up on a Saturday before COVID with wedding parties and makeup and everything. Whereas that's kind of gone out the window now for a while. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you'll take what you can get. And it's great to see it booked up until the end of May. That's that's brilliant. Haley at three degrees here in Blackpool Shopping Centre. Uh, great to see people open again. Also to m- mention Cal's Ladies Salon in Ballincollig. They're opening today uh, from Cal and Kim who messaged us in. And if you have a message for us uh, that you're opening today, 083 396 96 Text, WhatsApp, voicemail. Send us a voice message if you'd like us to... to uh, to give us a shout and it is great to see that that's brilliant to see Three Degrees booked out already until the end of May <laughs> Kate says the opening the slogan for today is here today gone tomorrow oh listen if it wasn't for daughter number one at this stage I would be eating my hair but <laughs> I want to get it properly cut too soon you know what I mean 1850 can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread. 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. Let me show you what it's all about. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. I'm bringing you your favourite tunes to keep you company across the afternoon in Cork. Always best for competitions and giveaways. Awesome. You are the sweetest. Yeah, flattery will get you everywhere. Sorry when you're late. And sure, we'll bring you up for the chats as well. Better call the baby boom. <laughs> so the people of Cork, they've been keeping busy, have they? Oh, they are. They're having great fun. <laughs> it's the only soundtrack you need in the afternoon in Cork. Let me show you what it's all about. Check it out. Simon Murdoch. Midday to 4 p.m. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Conceal. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. On Cork's 96FM. There's a lot of good panels and a lot of good articles in the newspapers. The Mail and The Sun both have excellent summaries of what you can do today. Phased reopening, for example, of non-essential shopping, click and collect to begin with, and then appointment only, and outdoor retail is allowed as well. People can meet outdoors for a maximum of three households or six people from any number of households. Kids under 12 don't count in that six, by the way. You can go on inter-county trips, which people have been waiting for for months. Public transport is up to 50% capacity. Personal services reopening. Hairdressers and tattoo parlours. Jake, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Jake from the Black Poppy in Father Matthews Street. Now, you'd always have been by appointment, wouldn't you? Yeah, we all, we're all always by appointment. And uh, as for the COVID restrictions, we have only one person in the studio for each artist. We have quite a big studio, so we've got plenty of space to social distance. And uh, and everybody wears a mask and all the artists wear gloves, obviously. So we're, we, we're as safe as we can be. By the very nature of what you do, you have to be very conscious of cleanliness and, and all that anyway, don't you? Yeah, even even before COVID-19, uh, the tattoo industry was always uh, pretty cautious of, of germs and of passing those things on. So yes, we've always been a little bit uh, a little bit ahead of our time on that. So are you busy with appointments? Mm-hmm. Luckily, we have had uh, quite, a, quite a response. We're we're pretty busy this uh, these first few weeks. We've got uh, we're booking appointments in June now. Uh, that's great to see. That's great. Yeah. And has anybody ordered anything sort of COVID-related in terms of a tattoo? 
you know, no, no one has ordered anything. <laughs> but but uh, I'll tell you what, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a call back and tell you the first person that calls into the studio and orders something COVID-related, I'll call you back. And I'm you just thinking there should be people going around with tattoos of little viruses, you know. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what is the fashion? I mean, personally, as someone who doesn't have any tattoos, what is the fashion these days? Well, in our studio, we have five different artists, and so we have five different styles that people can choose from. So we've got uh, the traditional kind of bold style. We've got an artist that does very, very colorful things. We've got one that does some uh, really detailed, fine line animals and things like that. So we've got all different things for you to choose from. Yeah. Is there a particular trend or was there before COVID put, put the kibosh and everything? You know, I, I don't really say, I, I can't really say that there was a particular trend. Everybody has their own style, you know, and tattooing is, is a, a personal expression and an expression of what you feel. So that's why we offer all kinds of different things for, for different styles of, of people. Yeah, there was a lot of t- kind of tribally tattoos going on, weren't there, a few years ago? Yeah. That's a few years ago. Uh, I'm I'm old enough that I have one of those, but <laughs> that kind of went out of style a little bit ago. But but we still we still offer them if somebody wants to do them. I I yeah. still think they're beautiful. Is tattooing a thing, Jake? That where the where the trend can change, like in a heartbeat. Someone sees a, a television show or a movie or or reads that, and that right, and the trend changes quickly. It does seem to change quickly, and then sometimes you'll have uh, you know a famous. A famous footballer, or uh, or an actor, or somebody like that that has a certain tattoo, and magically everybody has decided that that's how they're going to express themselves. So that happens a lot. All right. Well, listen. Best of luck. Great to see you again. Another business booked up almost into June. That's said, uh, Jake, who's a tattooist, and the company is called the Black Poppy Tattoo Parlor in Father Matthew Street, and they are also taking appointments now into June. This is good. This is good to see. So much interest in in the booking of appointments. There are a good list of what's going on. Intercounty travel, obviously the big headline one. You can meet outdoors now. Three households, max of six people. You can go in your garden. But interestingly enough, in the six people, children under 12 don't count. So you can have six adults and there can be a couple of kids that's okay. Um, public transport numbers up to 50%. 50 people can now go to a funeral. 50 people can now go to a wedding, but they can't go to a, to a do afterwards. Only six at the do afterwards, or 15 if it's outdoors. Um, hairdressers, tattoos, we've got those. Mass, ordinary, everyday mass is back today with a max of 50 people. I mentioned uh, public transport and, look, those of us who take the bus frequently, and I do and I enjoy it, I must say, it's been difficult to get a seat on a bus sometimes because of the limitations, as we understand, essential travel only on public transport. My, me getting in and out to work would be considered essential travel, I guess, on the days I have to do it. But now the capacity will go up from today. Tim O'Leary is services manager with Bus here in, in Cork. Tim, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. The numbers on the buses have been very restricted for a while, easing a bit from today. Yes, so from today, our capacity has increased from 25% to 50% on all buses. So we expect, with the reopening of inter-county travel and more businesses, we expect an increased demand on our services from here on in. Are you still um, suggesting, Tim, that people should only travel with you for essential purposes? 
Yeah, we are reminding customers to travel outside of peak times where possible. Like yeah. peak demand is before 9am and between 4 and 6pm. Yeah. On our expressway side of the business, that's the commercial side of the business, we have three expressway routes out of Cork. We have Route 40, 51 and X8. Route 40 serves Yall, Dungarvan, Waterford and also McCroom, Killarney, Tralee. That area is a, an area where um, day trippers take. So guaranteed seat booking is now on our expressway routes. Yeah, yeah. And including for holders of free travel. So passengers are urged to pre-book their outbound and return journey online at expressway.ie okay. to ensure they have a seat for their journey as walk-up seats and it may not okay. be available due, due uh, to demand. On city, count, uh, city services, I think you're encouraging people to use their leap cards. That's correct, yeah. Well, yeah, leap card because it, 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 it's quicker, um, no cash transaction, and um, there's good value as well with leap. So you can get those, check leap.ie and you, you can get all the details there of how to buy a leap card and use it and all that. Okay, so 50% capacity from this morning. Uh, yeah. If you're not travelling for an essential purpose, try to keep it outside of peak hours. Yeah, please. Now, we welcome back day trippers, of course. Mm. Um, nothing better to take a trip to y'all and walk the beach or Crosshaven, Fountainstown or Kinsale or head down to Killarney or West Cork. Nothing better. Mm-hmm. So, over the past year, Bosieran has introduced new services and schedules. So, if you haven't travelled for some time, please check our website okay. plan your trip at bosieran.ie and expressway.ie. Well, I wanted to make, uh, just say this, Tim, as you do start to ease back to, to, to normality, I, I would like to say that to every bus driver and every bus worker who has put themselves out there since day one into this pandemic, at times when we were all very frightened, They've been out there. They've been going up and down, going about their business every day. To each and every one, thank you. Yeah, and I would also like to thank all staff and customers for their patience, understanding and cooperation during the past year. It has been challenging. All right, okay, Tim. And here's, here's uh, wishing everyone the best luck and hopefully it'll be from 50% to full capacity very, very soon. That's Tim O'Leary. He's services manager for Bus Aaron in Cork. Also open today, your galleries and your public spaces, your museums, etc. At the Crawford Art Gallery, their director is Mary McCarthy. Hi, Mary. Hi, how are you? You're open at 10. Oh, yes, we're all in now. and We're really excited. Yeah, it's fantastic to be kind of welcoming the public back today. We're very excited about that. Mm. So, so what kind of precautions have you got to put in place to be open? Yeah, I suppose, uh, like, we've had to do extensive kind of one-way systems, and obviously we've had a whole kind of health and safety audit to make sure our publics are safe, but anybody who knows the Crawford will know we've got very big, airy spaces, so it's actually a very good place to come, plenty of space to move around in the rather big rooms. Um, as a precaution, we're at, when people come into the gallery now, they'll be asked to sanitise, to wear a mask, and we are taking just names and numbers uh, because we're obliged to do that of, of our visitors. Um, then we have a maximum capacity of over 150 per hour, so that's ample capacity. And then we have a, a kind of a slow system that we advise people follow a one-way route around the gallery, but it's very comfortable. Uh, we have a lot of very friendly staff here who will help people, and we really would welcome people back with some brand new exhibitions so we know there's lots in here for people to see Okay Obviously you've been working away in the background to prepare the place so there'll be lots of new stuff to see 
there is. We, um, we've done our whole kind of rehang, actually, of two floors. So it's kind of exciting with the old familiars, like the obviously the fantastic cast collection are there bearing witness and waiting to see everybody. Then we, on the ground floor, we have a new exhibition by photographer Dara McGrath, which is a fascinating photography exhibition of various uh, landscapes in Cork City and the outskirts, which focus on sites where people were killed in 1921 and looks at that place now, what's going on in that particular place now with the story of the person. And then on the first floor, what's very popular always in Crawford are portraits. As you know, we have a very fine portrait collection ourselves. Um, But now we've collaborated with the National Gallery to bring the Zurich Portrait Prize to Cork. So it only got to be shown in Dublin for about two weeks. So we have it now. And it's a fantastic series of portraits done by children and an adult section. Uh, So really great um, new exhibitions. And then we also have our collection show, which is Stasio Bene, which focuses on Cork's connection with its maritime past. Great. So really something for everybody. Great. Okay, and good luck with it, uh, Mary. And as, as everyone has been saying trying to echo the Taoiseach his words in the last couple of weeks have struck home that when we open now we want them to stay open and here's hoping that that happens Crawford Art Gallery Director Mary McCarthy thank you 1850 so you've got your galleries and museums and other attractions uh, outdoor training sports training for adults in pods minimum of 50, or maximum 15 people libraries are open for lending but you can't use the computers yet in the library that's the next step I imagine outdoor gatherings are a maximum of 10 to 15 so if you have a wedding you can have an outdoor reception for 15 people but no more only 6 if you're going to have the reception inside mind you looking out of the weather this morning I'm not too sure there'll be too many outdoor gatherings uh, 50 mourners at a funeral. You can have 50 at a funeral, says this call. 50 at a wedding in a church. But is it the case you could only have 12 at a baptism? We know someone having a christening at the weekend and they can only have 12. That's an unusual one because it says that church services are for 50 people. But if a baptism... I don't know if we can clarify that one. 1850 715 I don't know if you were around town Saturday, Saturday evening, but we've got a, an email from a taxi driver. Now, we know who this man is, but he doesn't want to give his name on air, but we know him, and we've absolutely verified that he is a legitimate taxi driver, as it were. So he sent us an email about what he saw in the city Saturday night. Uh, and I'd like to know if you'd echo and think of what he has to say. As usual, you get a few videos and pictures sent around social media. A lot of people saying it appeared to be very, and I use the word in inverted commas, rough in town on Saturday night. I wasn't there. Nobody I know was actually there in the nighttime, so I, I can't really speak for anything other than what we've been told. But we did get this email from uh, a taxi driver of our acquaintance, shall we say. Hi PJ, Saturday night in the city was an absolute disgrace A long time now there's been groups of people hanging around drinking It was going to end up getting messy as the week went on The atmosphere on Saturday was tense Shouting, guys taking off their shorts, looking for a fight Lots of acting the big man and being the little togette That's his word, not mine No guards did anything until things got serious, of course I drove past three times during the night as I had to be there, and I could see something was bound to kick off. The last time I drove out, a group ran in front of the car, 
trying to hail me, but I was on my way to a fair. I wouldn't have taken them anyway. They surrounded my car and started banging the windows on the bonnet. The bonnet is dented now. One of them shouted into me, It's all right, your wife is at home, we'll see her later. I've been driving cabs for seven years. Nobody ever said that to me before. It makes me think, was he chancing his arm or did he actually know about me? I'm out driving taxis and I do other work to keep things going for my family. I'm not on the pulp like a lot of them or selling drugs because that's going on too. I know because I hear about it in the car. You know who I am, but let's just call me a taxi driver listener. The Saturday night drinking in the city is just a recipe for disaster. Anyone who thinks it can carry on without the wrong crowd getting involved is just trying to be controversial because they have something wrong in their head and they simply want to be contrary. But that's a bit scary. His cab's surrounded by people banging and thumping on the bonnet in the windows and someone shouts in, it's all right, your wife is at home. We'll be out later. That's, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. And in actual fact, we did ask that man to come on air. But he was so terrified he wouldn't. He just said, look, I'll, I'll email it all into you. Now, everybody opening this morning, we all hope it's going well. Loads of appointments. But what if you have no water? Alicia. Good morning. Hi, where are you? I'm in Hollymount in Hollyhill. Okay, Lily Pink's salon, yeah. isn't it? Right. Yeah. No water. Yeah, we got a text message at 11 minutes past four on Saturday to tell us that um, we would be affected. And I rang them and I said, you know, gave him the reference number. He looked it up on the map and he said, yeah, more than likely you will have no water from half past nine till half past six tonight. But realistically, it could be till half eight before it comes back. Um, So I explained my situation to him and he was like, I'm so sorry. And he was lovely, you know, like it wasn't his fault or anything like that. But yeah, 19 weeks closed, first day open. And had to rebook everyone. Yeah, had you a full book for today? Yeah, um, both of us, myself and my colleague, had a 12-hour shift in front of both of us and we were fully booked. And we actually had to reschedule some people as far as the 28th of May. And how busy are you, by the way? Chockers. Great. That's fabulous. Yeah, we're here five years and we're literally flying it, absolutely flying it. And it's, it's a lovely little salon. We've got great clients that come to us. Couldn't wait to get back to work after being in for so long. And tell me, Alicia, when when you rang people and said, come here to me, <laughs> you know, the way you're kind of waiting so long for a hairdo, would you wait a few days more because we've no water? How did people take that? I have to say all our clients were unbelievably understanding. Yeah. They were amazing. They actually felt so sorry for me that they were like, don't worry about us. I've waited this long. I'll wait another little few weeks. Yeah. So that really helped. Um, but yeah, to come into the salon this morning and to know that there'll be no clients actually walk in the door, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, you of all flipping weekends. Yeah. Yeah, there is a statement in from Irish Water which kind of doesn't answer anything, but that would be kind of par for the course, but I, I'll get to it in a minute. Alicia, you'll hope to get open tomorrow, I take it, will you? Yeah, we're hoping that, um, fingers crossed, the water will be back on by tonight and that everything will be running smoothly, that we will be back in business tomorrow. Okay. All right, Alicia, thanks for that. That's Alicia Cooper from Lily Pink's Salon, Hollymount Industrial Estate. Booked solid for the day. No water. Councillor Mick Nugent from the Northwest Ward. Mick, good morning. Uh, Good morning, TJ. What's going on here? I don't know. Look, it's a... It's a wee bit of disaster for Felicia and maybe another few businesses 
in Holly and Lockney area that are opening today, which would have been positive news. Um, just saw the email yesterday from, from Irish Water, and uh, I know the business has got a text on right Friday, but um, I don't know, PJ, it's the second or third time they're doing this valve works in the same area. The last time, it was a Sunday, which probably wasn't ideal either, but might have been preferable in terms of uh, planning it for Monday, the first day of business was going back. You know, well, that's so, just it. Like in terms, yeah. in terms of the work being done, if it has to be done, it has to be done. But you could pick, like you said, pick a Sunday for goodness' sake. Don't when, when not not the day when. I mean, it wasn't exactly a surprise that loads of people would try to reopen their businesses today. Yeah, exactly. It's badly planned by our water. I know a few myself and Ken Collins had shared yesterday on social media, trying to let people know in the area and you know the residents as well and in the wider area and we got a couple of calls and you know people are saying Jesus you know going back today tomorrow mm. point and now, now in, here's the know. thing Mick I have a a statement here which says my resort are working in partnership with Cork City Council so the City Council knew this was going to happen I mean did they not say did anyone in Council not say to Irish Water come here lads <laughs> give over now we're not doing that on the Monday loads of people trying to open rate payers trying to open yeah, possibly. I know Irish Water, look, Irish Water works in terms of the Cork City Council. A lot of times it's the lads of the Water Department do the work, but, you know, Irish, Irish Water in charge of the communications and the planning of this. And we've made a point to Irish Water previously on a number of occasions, and they're into City Council recently. They're doing an online clinic with the councillors, and they've accepted in the past about communications, but I think they fell down here again, PJ. And as I said, it's the second or third time in a number of months yeah. They seem to be doing the same, the same works. It's actually right outside my own estate in Art Cullen seems to be where they're doing the works again, like, you know. So it's just a bad day to do it, really. A, a, a lousy day to do it. A, an awful day to do it. And the council should have been able to turn around to Irish Water and say, no, pick another day for that. Mick, I, I want to ask you about Henry Kremen. Um, I noted over the weekend that Henry, who I think in my time covering city council and they've been doing it a few years he was the first Sinn Féin councillor elected for many many years when he was first elected a few years ago Yeah well yeah, well, Henry was elected in 2009 I know Fiona had been uh, co-opted in 2007 and um, Don had been elected in 99 but look it's um, you know in terms of the council you know it's, it's, it's a big loss Henry will be sorely missed um, I think it's you know I think it's fair to say he's widely respected and admired and I think nobody in the council across parties and none and the management would have a bad word yeah. to say about Henry and more importantly I think you know I think it's he's actually loved really by the constituents in his area he works very hard um, not just in his own local electoral area in, in Cox South West but across the city you know but look as he said PJ himself you know, he's stepping down from uh, the council after 12 years and many years before that as a public rep and a community activist. But he'll still be there. He'll still be doing his community work. He'll still be doing his work mm. um, in various voluntary groups. So, you know, fear Henry, he won't be going away. Will there be a co-option now, Mick, they will? Yeah, they will. They will. And uh, that kind of process will will start shortly. Well, what is so, the process? Is it someone who would have stood as an unsuccessful candidate or is it someone that the organisation will put forward in the in the ward? It's in the ward. It goes out to, it'll go to all the, the members in that ward in the southwest uh, local electoral area. So 
basically we'll be looking for expressions of interest. So it'll be up to members in that area to put themselves forward and eventually the members will decide if there's more than one person um, interested. So all going well, hopefully the replacement will be there for the for the next meeting. And is it a new uh, gift June. to keep the seat? It is it is in terms of a party. If um if it's a party if someone you know elects a councillor for a particular party elections, it's part of the I suppose the rules uh, yeah. to the council that party um, the party has the, has the right to, to co-opt and nominate alright leave it there with you thanks very much that's uh, councillor uh, Mick Nugent from Sinn Féin uh, commenting on the retirement or the announcement of the retirement of Henry Kremen over the weekend a bit surprised that it happens in the middle of a council cycle but you know Henry's obviously got his reasons wants to spend more time with his family and all of that I'd have to say personally that uh, over the years one of the most warm and approachable and genuinely likeable fellas in Cork City Council regardless of any party or connection Henry Kremen was just a nice fella a nice guy 1850-715- Nine nine six. That statement from Irish Water, which I <laughs> is meant to be addressing the questions raised by people like Alicia. Um, Irish Water, working in partnership with Cork City Council, is carrying out essential works to safeguard the water supply for customers in Harbourview Road, Kilmore Heights, Ardcullen, Knocknaheeny and surrounding areas. These works are essential to maintain the water supply for homes and businesses in the area. Well, breaking news, Irish Water, they haven't. While works are underway, customers in these locations may experience low water pressure and or water outages for short periods. 10th of May between 9.30 and 6.30. However, we would like to assure customers our crews will work to minimise any potential disruption while these necessary works are underway. Irish Water are doing this in conjunction with City Council. So somebody in City Hall signed off on all the water being cut off today. The day that people were trying to reopen their businesses after... Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks locked up. Someone signed off on that in sight in Sydney Hall, City Hall. Like, were you even thinking, lads? Could that have been done another day? 1850-715-996. There's a row over toilets outside the English markets. Supposedly, the old Hilser building to be converted into a public loo. Now, when I read this at the weekend, I honestly thought it was April Fool's. And then I looked at the date and thought, no, not April Fool's. May Fool's, maybe. The Hilser Jewellers building to be converted into public toilets. Pat O'Connell. Pat, good morning. What's the reaction among traders? Good morning, PJ. I, 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 I think, like April Fool's, I think they're thinking that they're the fools, really, at this stage, I'll be honest. You know, you work so closely in conjunction with City Council and improving the market for the last 15 years. Mm. And they know to lift the field with no notice, no nothing. You just get this on a Friday evening to be voted on tonight about putting a public toilet in a gorgeous building that the market has earmarked for, earmarked for a future tourist centre. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and we're looking to get a new roof because the roof is in appalling condition. So the whole plan was that we'll have solar panels to power the market. 
that we would use the rainwater to service the existing toilets and to wash the floors. And there was even talk of putting a, a vegetable garden up there that would be manned by the likes of Simon Community or Coop to introduce people back into employment. Mm. And the vegetable store are sold downstairs. And Hilsers was all part of that. And then to get this just left the field when there is a public toilet 50 yards away Mm. built for purpose in a wide open space interfering with nobody and City Council couldn't run it. And, 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 had, and, and I take it that the Council were aware of all that you wanted to do with the Hillsborough building? They were in negotiation with us for the last four years. I spent two and a half years of my life going through the detail trying to put it together to future-proof the market to make it an absolute... I mean, it's rated number three in Europe. Yeah. This would have made so it, where did this, this come from? This would have made it so far ahead of any other market in Europe that, that it would have been a wow factor for the city centre. Greening it, modernising it, keeping the traditions, like it had every box ticked. And then you get this when there is a toilet that was built in 2008, 50 yards away. And if the panacea for all of this is that you have a security guard on site and a cleaner, why not build an annex to the toilet that's there already? Yeah. Why do this to such a beautiful building in front of our loading bay where we're bringing in 90% of our produce into the market, where tourists gather to, to get in ambience for the people coming out of the market and, and the sense of car character and community? And they want to put a public toilet in. You couldn't write this speech. No, I can sense the anger in your voice, Pat. And you're a man who has always negotiated with council at a very measured level, even if they were annoying you a bit. But I can hear the annoyance in your in your voice this morning. Well, PJ, I've always said with the, with the market, if you want to progress the market, there has to be three people involved. There has to be somebody from the traders. There has to be somebody from Aramark who managed the market. And there has to be somebody from council. And I really thought in the last 15 years we had got to that point. Because everything was discussed, everything was met about, pros and cons were discussed and argued over, and you thought, yes, this, this, this at last is where we need to be to get things done. Yeah. And then you get this and you just go back to square one and you say, is there any vision for the market over in council? Is there any commitment to the market over in council? After all it's done for the city in the sense of its community, its character, foreign dignitaries, you name it, food writers. Like, it is such a showcase for Munster food, for old traditions of having your fish cut up in front of you, your meat cut up in front of you, displayed without a package. And then this, and you just say, God, yes. Throw in the towel. A public, a public jacks. Mind you, the thing about it is, there probably are additional toilets needed. Oh, without a doubt. But, I mean, the, the Grand Parade was well catered for the one that was there. I mean, it was, it built at enormous expense. It was the latest, the greatest. It was supposed to solve all problems. Um, it didn't do that, unfortunately. I think there was something up to 300 needles taken out of it before it closed yeah. in the, the final months. Um, yeah. I don't want to move, put that anti-social behaviour down outside the market. Yeah, yeah. And kind of con- trying to convince us that because there'll be a security guard and a cleaner that everything will be rosy. Well, if that's the case, do that on the toilet that's there already. All right. Pat, I'll leave it there for now. Thank you very much. Pat O'Connell from the English Market. You can hear the upset in his voice at at that news. The Hilser building, there on the Grand Parade, beautiful old building, the traders in negotiation, plans in place to do a load of stuff with it. And then this on a Friday. At least that's how Pat feels.
That's his side of the story. If there's another side, love to hear it. 1850 Craniosacral therapist, anyway, based in Middleton. Uh, reopening today. Best of luck to you. Lots of messages coming in for people wishing them luck with the reopening today. Uh, 083 396 96 Text or WhatsApp if you'd like to get in and mention anybody. Um, one of the. I've never. He, Pat. Um, Pat O'Connell, very passionate before 10 on why they traders in the market are shocked at the decision or the proposal to put public toilets into the Hilser building right there next door to them and you can I've never I've never heard Pat sound so upset I have to say or so bothered about anything over the years even when he was involved with the business association for two years he was always very positive and even when something was going against them he still made sure to remain positive and take the optimistic view of things but I've never heard him sound so dispirited and downright peed off as he does this morning but this message I've never heard that I accept from Pat O'Connell one of city council's main roles is to provide public toilets which they're not doing does Pat not think it's a great opportunity to put a use into that building a building that has an active street frontage and can be overlooked also a great opportunity to see the building done up you go anywhere in the UK, there are toilets adjacent to tourist attractions. It'll be an asset for the market. I wonder, does anybody agree with Pat, though? I mean, the Hilser building, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful building. You kind of wonder, like, right there next to the market, to turn such a beautiful historical building into a, into a jacks, effectively. 1850-715-996. A lot of people are very taken as well with the email from our taxi driver friend. As I say, we can verify their identity. We know who they are. But just too afraid, actually, to come on the air and give their story. Another taxi driver. I'm a retired taxi driver. I was there for eight years. I was told I'd be raped, that my house would be burnt down, and that they knew where my kids were going to school, even though at the time I didn't even have kids. They don't know anything about you. I want to let that other taxi driver know that they're only looking to blow off steam. They don't know where you live, but they don't know anything about you. I hope you're right, but imagine being told that in the window of your car. I know where you live, and I know when your wife will be home. That's intimidation of the lowest order. And anybody who'd do that, even messing, even messing and letting off steam, is just scum. 
That's the only word for them. Pond scum. Anyone who'd shout that in the window at anybody is just scum. It's not fun. It's not letting off steam. It's not, you know, it's scum behaviour to do that to anybody. 1850-715-996. Right. Yesterday at his vaccination ceremony, I almost said, I did, didn't I? Michal Martin was talking to the media for a few minutes, as you'd expect. And he was asked a few questions about various elements of the reopening and the vaccinations and on holidays. And one of the things he was asked was when we might seek to travel again internationally. And here's what he said about that. There is actually a working time frame between June and the, the end of July, beginning of August period, in terms of the operation of the, the, the digital green um, passport. Uh, Europe is pressing ahead with it in terms of the technological side of it, um, and also the, there'll be more work to be done on the policy side in terms of the application of, of these passports. But we want a European-wide interoperable portal where you have where people, you know, where you can register in the fact that you've been vaccinated that you had a negative PCR test uh, or that you've recovered from COVID. Uh, so I think that that's the next stage. Uh, that is happening, and that's something Ireland is going to participate in. We're going to participate in that European-wide framework. So staycation this year for the lot of us, is it? No, I'm saying that we've worked through this. I think certainly by the, the, the end of the, you know, the latter part of the summer, you know, possibilities may open up. That's uh audio from City Hall yesterday brought to us actually with the newsroom thanks to Katie O'Keefe who was down there so international travel pretty much off the cards for the summer so we'll all be focusing on the staycationing staying somewhere within your 26 or 32 counties and are there deals out there are there deals out there are there um, is there value to be had? Because looking at social media and listening to certain programs over the last few weeks, you would think that there wasn't. You would think there was no value to be had. You would think that everyone was jacking up their prices just because they can. And possibly some people will. But Sarah Slattery from the travelexpert.ie has been going through the various things that are on offer. And Sarah, I think there's a bit of value out there in fairness. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, there they certainly is. Um, I know, obviously, a lot of the hotspots along the Wild Atlantic Way and um, are, have been very heavily booked. And certainly, self-catering or nice holiday homes are the most sought after. But there is really good value in hotels. And particularly if if go a little bit inland and, and, and not um, look for the coast. But um, yeah, I, I, I found some great deals really throughout the summer. Um, and again, it depends on what you're looking for. Like the large family rooms can be hard to get or the holiday home, things like that. But certainly for couples or singles going away, uh, there's some great deals. Yeah, I'm looking at stuff here now. Like, I know it's September, but you've got Mount Juliet in Kilkenny. That's five star. Yeah, I picked out a couple of five star ones as well because after just what you were saying there, there's been so many people giving out about the prices that um, I think that and, and inevitably they, they quote five-star hotels when they're talking about expensive uh, staycations. But um, yeah, like Mount Juliet, there's a really good deal there in September. There's like an early booking offer. It's 80 euro per person bed and breakfast. Now that's ideal for somebody looking for just an overnight stay. Um, and the, the other thing to consider as well is so many people have annual leave. There's so many holidays to take because they haven't been taking them. So whereas before people wanted to go on Saturday night or Sunday, people are quite happy to go midweek now. And that's really where the value is. 
Yeah. That particular one is, is a midweek um, offer in Mount Julius. Dunlow Gardens in Kerry. Two yeah. nights B&B and one dinner, 300 quid. That's good. Yeah, and I mean, it's a fabulous five-star hotel in Killarney. And again, Killarney is constantly quoted as, as being one of the most expensive place, places to stay. But that's a summer um, offer that they have available uh, for two nights, bed and breakfast, and one dinner. So, and they've a, it's obviously fabulous spa and pool on site. They also offer um, complimentary horse riding, fishing. There's a lot of extras with that as well. Now, it is 300 per person, but it's for two nights with a dinner, with mm. breakfast and all those facilities that, and it's available that, that, during that, the summer. That's hard to lick, that is. In fairness, it is. If you wanted to go up to Donegal, beautiful place, Red Castles, gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, this is a great offer. This particular one is on directly on the hotel's website. They have a three nights for the price of two offer. Um, so it's €120 Euro per person in June and September or €171 Euro per person in July and August. And that includes breakfast, and that's for a three-night stay. And they have a philosophy centre, a pool on site, um, and they have a nine-hole golf course as well. Like, that's, I think that's great value too. It is. Now, if you wanted to go over the border and into the north, and of course, travelling inter-county means any one of our 32 counties, Belfast, a great city. I spent some time there last summer. A great city to look around, and they'll be more open this year. Yeah, and, and I, what I thought was great about this deal was that it's available over the August bank holiday weekend because obviously their bank holidays are, are different. Um, so if you from the 1st of August for a three-night stay in the four-star holiday inn in Belfast, it's €128 Euro per person. Um, like that's for three nights, including breakfast. Yeah. That, I have, that's on my own site. But like you can get most of these on, on either on you know directly with the hotel as well. Yeah. Come down to family deals because obviously people will be looking to get away with the kids for for a couple of days. Um, let's look at, uh, there's a nice one there, bring the kids away to explore Dublin, a hotel I've stayed in many a time, the Clayton on Cardiff Lane. That's a grand hotel. Yeah, the, I mean, I thought it was great value. The Dublin hotels are really good value during the summer. And um, again, it depends on how long, I suppose, you, you want to uh, go for. But they have a nightly rate of €129, Euro, including breakfast family. And that's valid in July and August. That's for so, a family so now? That's a family of four, €129 Euro per room with breakfast. And wow. it's available in July and August. And there's a, there's a €20 Euro supplement for a Saturday night. But they have a swimming pool on site as well. Um, central, it's you know, so it's great value for a family looking to visit Dublin. And um, there's never been a cheaper time to visit Dublin, so this might be the yeah. summer to do it. The the, the the sunny southeast, we'd hope some place would be sunny at least. Wexford, Riverside Park Hotel, lovely place. Yeah, and a great family hotel, a lovely location. They have like a family deal for a two-night stay with dinner on one evening. And they also give you an, a, a family pass to one of the attractions like Wells House and Gardens or the National Heritage Centre, which is fabulous. I've been there myself. It's brilliant. Um, they have a leisure centre on site as well. And a two-night stay for a family of four is €455 Euro in July and August. And that includes as well, breakfast and dinner on one of the evenings. Now, looking back, looking forward to later in the year, and this hotel, I came across it recently because I was watching that wonderful television show, Smother, and I tweeted one night, where are those beautiful waterfalls? They're in Ennis Diamond. Yeah. Is this the hotel overlooking those falls? 
It is. The Whoa. Falls Hotel. Well, sorry, I don't know. I've never seen Smother, so I don't know if it's the same it's one. The, the, the there's, there's a, there's a, a what, yeah, that would be it. The, what, it is, yeah, that's so the very sure one. It probably yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's, I'm actually due to stay there myself this summer, so it's um, it's just been awarded uh, carbon neutral. It gets its electricity from the, the river there beside right. it, so it's, it's very uh, environmentally friendly too. But it's the 26th of October uh, the, for the October midterm break. And they have a three night family stay and breakfast with one dinner. A lot of hotels are doing that now. They'll give you dinner on one evening. So the chance to dine out and obviously have something on site as well. So that's a three night stay and a family of four is 466 euro for the That's three brilliant nights. value. Yeah. That's smashing value. Now that has to be said. It really is. So the Taoiseach says eventually we will be able to travel away probably later in the summer. Is there anything to be had? Well, um, I suppose August is looking like the most hopeful, but I suppose it's, it's easier to travel if you don't have children because if you're vaccinated, you know, it should be fairly easy to get on a plane in Europe and go. But if, if the kids aren't vaccinated, it just kind of throws up a whole other issue with PCR tests and then what if they're negative and all sorts of drama. So I'd say from, an, from August, it's probably easier for singles or couples. Uh, Reiner have very cheap flights from Cork uh, to Portugal, they're only €80 Euro return in August, but accommodation is expensive in Portugal because it's just been on the green, put, been put on the green list in the UK. But um, I did find good deals to Lanzarote with their Lingus on the 10th of August. They're 199 for the flight, and then you get accommodation reasonable enough over there. So you're looking at about 399 for a week in the Canaries in August if, you're, you, want, if you, feel, you want to jet off. Yeah. Um, so it's not bad. Do, do you think, Sarah, that a lot of people will chance it in late summer or will they just write off 2021 and make their plans for 2022 to go international? I think certainly, you know, if you don't have kids, it's, it's a lot easier. Um, you should be vaccinated by then. It should be, the flight prices should be very reasonable. You should be able to, you know, hop on a plane and go. I think families will definitely wait. There, there's definitely a bit of interest over the October midterm break. And then a lot of people, um, our families are thinking about next year. But um, certainly, I think that it, it really depends on what's going to happen with the kids and, and what's required with whether the PCR tests, the pricing comes down. That's something that was highlighted in the digital green certificate and something we really need badly here because, you know, families can't be afforded to pay 100 euros per child each no. way no. Uh, for a test. So I think that's going to be the big deciding factor. Actually, there's a thing. Michael O'Leary, who's gone very quiet in the last couple of months, it has to be said, in the media, but he was saying before the end of last year that when everything does get back again, they will be the mother and father of all seat sales. Do, would, would you think that is going to happen, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, certainly. Uh, I mean, even you look at those prices now for August. Oh, they're brilliant. Portugal, 80 euro return in August. You'd never get that. Um, but the, the, it, I think it's going to be a case of, you know, there'll be certain destinations that would be a lot harder. I mean, you just have to look at the, the accommodation rates in Portugal now. They've gone through the roof because mm. it's on the UK green list. So some places will be more expensive yeah. than others. And same with the airfares, you would imagine, that, you know, it could be uh, it's a, the, the most sought after places obviously will be more expensive. So, um, yeah, I, but I, I do think that we're going to have to get people back traveling again. We're going to need the conference going to have to be there. So it's, it's, it, it's a bit of a case of, I suppose, off peak too. Like obviously July and August is going to be more expensive, Easter, all those dates, but certainly for off peak travel, I think that there'll be a Okay. Uh, give me again your, your website so people can take a look at all this. 
there. Are you there, Sarah? Yeah, yeah. Have I lost you? Your website, the the the, the travelexpert.ie. That's right. Yeah, loads of deals on that there as well on Ireland and abroad. And as I said, some of those have, some of those deals I mentioned today are directly with the hotels as well. So it's a bit of a mixture of both. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, Sarah. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Sarah Slattery, the travelexpert.ie. He tweeted there at one point to mention always contact the property directly and that is John Coleman uh, Concierge John as he's well known. Can I just take 10 seconds to wish John the Concierge from the Metropole Hotel the very very best of luck as he moves on to the next chapter. Uh, John finished yesterday in the Metropole after about four years. They are heartbroken to see him go but he's heading off to something he just can't refuse and I personally, because he's become a good buddy to the Coogan clan over the last couple of years, can I wish uh, John Coleman, uh, concierge John, uh, formerly of the Metropole, heading off to Pastures New, the very, very best of luck. Very, very best of luck. And I shall see you soon, my friend, in your new gig. You have exemplified uh, the art of customer service, and no doubt you will continue to do so. 185715996. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. This has come in from the Council. Uh, Cork City Council actively undertaking a review of options with regards to the provision of public toilet facilities in the city. This review includes a review of both units located throughout the city centre and at popular amenity areas. It is clear there is no one single solution to the provision of public toilet facilities. Different models, including the involvement of both public and private organisations, will need to be deployed. We expect to be in a position to outline developments in this area in the coming week once the review of options is complete and has been presented to councillors. It was discussed at committee on Friday and is due to be discussed at the full council meeting tonight. What? So, Hilsers might not be the plan. Or is it a reason? What? What are they saying? 1850 Morris on email. Hi PJ, driving through Cork City Saturday night. Hundreds of youths in large groups. Uh, social distancing didn't exist. Masks didn't exist. Not complaining as I'm used to seeing large groups of young people in my estate during all our lockdowns. The only difference with Saturday night is there seemed to be lots of aggression in the atmosphere. One lad was all covered in blood. On the reopening, Kieran was on to say very few people are sanitising, going into shops like Deals and Tesco's. Watch this space, we'll be back in lockdown in June. Well, Kieran, I sincerely hope you're wrong, and I honestly believe that you are. It's gone back to pre-COVID 2019. If young people were dying as opposed to elderly, then the streets would be emptied. There's no respect for the elderly, either now or at the very beginning. Sorry, I can't go on air. Well, I sincerely hope that you're wrong about what will happen in June. I think we'd be open and we'll stay open. Just on the holidays, briefly, uh, Hi PJ, got three nights in Sligo, self-catering in an apartment for €500 Euro in August. I thought that was good value and the beaches there are beautiful, says Don. They are indeed. 1850-715-996. There was an open letter in the Examiner um, from Linda Kelly on behalf of the campaign for better maternity services because even with the easing of restrictions now and even with the huge amount of vaccination particularly among hospital staff and the fact that all pregnant women are now being offered 
a vaccination. Their partners still can't get in to be with them. Linda, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Uh, That is disappointing. I mean, everybody in the hospital now, all the staff are vaccinated and all all the mothers themselves are being offered a vaccination very early in their pregnancy. But still you can't, still no one can get in, no? Well, they've fudged it. So they made an announcement last week, big shiny announcements from the head of the HSE to say the time is right and we're going to lift restrictions. And that is disingenuous because what they did was they just are now trying to get the hospitals to implement what they already put in place before Christmas. And so women are still having to go to the 12-week scan on their own, go to all the antenatal appointments on their own. If they're at high risk and they have additional appointments, they're going up to those alone. If they're experiencing pregnancy loss, they're going to those on their own unless there's a compassionate decision made in the hospital. And women are still... I got a message from somebody last Friday, PJ, who laboured in the car park of of a hospital so she could be with her husband because her husband was stopped at the door going in. So... There, you know, we're not there at all yet on maternity services. And I think today is such a hopeful day for most people. You know, mm. it really feels like we're turning a corner. But mm. for every family who is attending maternity services at the moment, they feel forgotten about today. Mm. And they, they feel like nobody is prioritising them today. And they're already, because, because of the risks around COVID and pregnancy, a lot of which are still unknown, you know, they're still going to be, you know, taking it very handy and making it very easy mm. in terms of what they can go to and how many people they can be around. And so, you know, it's, it's not going to change an awful lot for them. And then they still have all of this worry of, am I going to have somebody with me when I go into the hospital? Because if you're going in to be induced this week, you don't have anybody with you. Yeah. Until you're at this magic four centimetres, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's really, really hard for everybody who's attending maternity services at the moment. And the lack of responsibility from the minister is really appalling. You know, he he has these campaign videos on his Facebook and his Instagram about how important women's health is. Mm. And yet he's presiding over this situation where women aren't being prioritised. Am I right in saying, Linda, it's being left mostly to the individual hospital groups to decide what they're doing? Absolutely. Um, Every individual hospital, and there's 19 different places you can give birth in Ireland, and it's being left to them to decide how they want to run things. And that is causing huge problems because even though now the HSC are saying they have a national policy, for example, about visits on wards, so they're saying now there should be a minimum of a 30-minute visit for every patient. But yes, Wexford have already said they're not going to do that. Limerick are saying you can only do it at between 6 and 7 p.m., which if you have other kids at home, is impossible to organise. So in effect, it will mean that people aren't able to visit. And like, you know, we're in the 21st century now. There are lots of things that the HSE could be investing in, in terms of antigen testing, um, you know, in terms of expanding home birth services, community Mm. midwifery. Because I suppose... You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. They would argue um that well, you mentioned it yourself. The the unknown risk of COVID in, in pregnancy, which was one of the reasons why the vaccine is now being offered to, to everyone who is pregnant. The unknown risk, therefore, if you're going to minimise the risk, you sometimes have to take unpalatable measures. to people if that risk was evidenced. But, you know, for, for the vast majority of people who are coming into maternity services, the person coming with them lives with them. Yes. and shares a bed with them. And so when we're talking about this isn't an unknown stranger, it's not somebody from outside their bubble. Uh, newborns and babies and children are never going to be vaccinated. Partners of pregnant women are going to be one of the last cohorts to be vaccinated. So that risk is going to be there indefinitely for the mm. hospital. Actually, there's a thing, Linda. Um, and again, it was a change in the vaccine rollout now that every... Every pregnant woman is is to be offered a vaccine, and that was very much welcomed. Would it be a logical, uh, would it be a logical suggestion to say, well, if you're vaccinating the woman, why not also vaccinate the father of the child while you're at it? That would seem like a very practical approach, PJ, and you'd have to wonder why it's not being considered. The other problem is that most pregnant women haven't been told how they're going to be given their vaccine yet. Um, you know, other than the coom in Dublin who contacted women to get them to the vaccination centre in City West, most other women, when they ring their GP or when they ring the hospital, have still been told, we don't know yet how you're going yeah, to get your vaccine. That's, that's the problem. They said it never put in place how they were going to do it. Linda, this this campaign will continue. There's no move at the moment, though, is there? Well, I think, look, they are feeling the pressure in terms of they offered some crumbs on the table last week um, in terms of the national policy, but we're not going anywhere and we'll continue to campaign until the restrictions are lifted across all of the hospitals. All right. Good to talk to you again. Linda Kelly, uh, who's one of the people running that campaign to ease restrictions for partners in the maternity ward. You would think, would you not? that with the staff all vaccinated and with infections in the hospital setting gone off a cliff because of the vaccinations and with the women themselves now being vaccinated during their pregnancies, possibly they should vaccinate the partners too, you would think. Surely it would be time to ease those restrictions. 
impossible to know why. 185715996, I suppose they're going on public health advice. That's what they'll tell you. There's no power in Grange, according to Catherine. Anybody else having no power issues in Grange? Also, Cork Safety Alerts on Facebook uh, were saying that they have multiple reports of a loud explosion type noise in Douglas in the last half an hour. Wonder what's going on there. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. Access all areas on Corks 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on the side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Corks Entertainment. Kat Dowling and Lorraine Nash are two exciting additions to Triscoll's Behind Closed Doors concert series. Dowling will perform on Friday, May 28 at 8pm, while Lorraine Nash will be online from Triscoll on Friday, June 4th. Access all areas. One of Ireland's finest exponents of hip-hop, Kojak has announced his debut album, Town's Dead, alongside shows later this year, and one which takes place in Cork Cypress Avenue. The gig goes down on Saturday, November 27th, with tickets on sale from cypressavenue.ie. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Do you know when your kids come and talk to you about something? Um, and they start to tell you something. And it could be something as simple as what happened in school. Or something that they saw or heard or are frightened of or worried about did you really listen to them? Do, do you really sit down and take in what they're saying and do you focus your full attention on them for that few minutes it takes them to tell their little story or express their worry do you really really listen or are you only kind of half listening and are they just part of the buzz in the background Or if your child is telling you a story about something that happened at school that they're bothered about, do you pick up your phone in the middle of it all? If you do any of those things, then you're not really active listening. Now, when I first spoke a few years ago to Eileen Keane from jumpstartyourconfidence.com, the website was growing support. Now she has a book out and doing workshops and podcasts and a whole big website. And she's built it from scratch. And uh, congratulations on the book, which we'll talk about in a minute, Eileen. But the idea of active listening, when your child comes to talk to you, do you give them your full attention? Good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good. Do you, how, do you, how do you show a child you're giving them your full attention? Well, I suppose, to be fair, look, we're all parents here. Well, a lot of us are parents here and listening. It can be very difficult, but I suppose the reason why I put a full chapter in the book to active listening is because we have to, you know, let our kids see that we're interested in them. You know, we understand things can be tough, that we're willing to give them attention. It doesn't always have to be at that minute. I think that's important. If we're just really busy, just come back in a few minutes or come back later that evening, but put a reminder on your phone, do something so that you do come back. I think when we give them our attention, you know, that's, that's exactly as you said there, not being half listening to something on the phone and the radio and the television, you know, that you're actually, if they're small, come down to their level. It's just a couple of minutes. 
And mm. even though we might think at times it's not very important or, oh God, here they come again, they wouldn't be telling us if it wasn't important to them. And I suppose it's getting into the right habits so that when things might come, become a little bit more heated and a little bit more serious, your kids and your teens and your young adults know that if they come to you, you are going to listen. The, the child who comes to mom and dad with a problem at seven, mm-hmm. no, they're little problems. They seem huge to them, but they're just little. But if they're brushed off at seven and they have a much more serious problem at 17, they'll go mm-hmm. somewhere else. Well, it is an, it's an issue, and I suppose I'm working with kids now over 10 years. And, you know, sometimes I'd say to the teens in particular, you know, just share it at home and talk to them and, you know, get an opinion or whatever. And they say, what's the point? They don't listen anyway. So it's just, we all know it's important, but it's just a reminder, I suppose, to say, these are the most important people in our, all of our worlds. When they say that, when they say that, they don't listen anyway. I, I assume you've probed it with them. What, what do they oh, mean God, by yeah. that? Well, I mean, we talk about phones. I mean, every child I talk to say, well, my parents are worse than me. Well, <laughs> a, a lot of them. You know, it's just leading by example. I mean, it's also a great gift to be giving your kids to teach them how to listen. And so the other side of listening, um, PJ, as well, is as parents, our automatic response before the kid even finishes the first sentence might be to jump in with our advice and try and sort it and solve it because our natural reaction is to help. But uh, there is another issue because as long as we're talking, we're not listening. The child very often, if we just let them finish speaking, can very often come to a conclusion themselves. They just need to be heard and need to be valued, I suppose, by the most important person in the world. Mm. Um, Sometimes I'd say to parents, you know, if you had something important to say and you went to that person who you looked up to and admired and you could see by their actions that they just weren't interested. You know, as an adult, how would that make us feel? Mm. It's not a nice feeling. So it's just give the few minutes. And I've often, I've, look, I'm a mum of four. It can be carnage. It can be crazy busy, juggling everything. But if you feel that they really need to talk to you, just put a little reminder in your phone. Very often it can help, like, for starting when they're young, just to maybe make time in the car or bedtime or a specific time where you might get a couple of minutes that you'd say, look, how was your day or how are you getting on? And I think sharing as well. So, like, if a parent has had a stressful day or something great has happened or whatever, share it. I mean, they love to hear about you as well. Yeah. So it's getting that communication open. But I think from the kids' perspective, it's no matter, as you said earlier, how little the story is, it's mm. a story and it's important to them. And in the world we're growing up in, if, we, if our teens and young adults find themselves in difficulty and they don't feel that they can come to us, that's a huge problem. Mm. I mean, kids need to know that they can come to us no matter what is happening. They could be out in town. They could be after having a few drinks. They could have got themselves in trouble. The last thing you want your child to feel is, I can't ring home. You know, I can't tell them. I can't call them. Of course, there'll be repercussions, but we, I just think from parents' perspective, we need to be realistic. We need to remember where we were at a certain age. Allow that communication to be open so that your kids know that there's a safety net at home they can always call you because that is vital. I've seen so many kids get into difficulty and be afraid to phone home. Mm. And that's a very scary place. Yes. What's happening a lot, of course, Eileen, too, is people now working from home. So when the, 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 the youngster wants to talk at quarter past three when they come in from school, mom or dad is just about to start a Zoom meeting and is very busy. So how do you get around that little hurdle? Well, I think once you give them your attention for a few for a minute even and saying, look, mum or dad, whoever has to finish work now, I'll be done at a certain time. 
let's sit down then when we could both have time to talk about it rather than just saying I'm busy I'm busy I can't do it or you know fobbing them off that's a very different response at least you've acknowledged that they want to speak mm. you've listened to them and you put it off till a later time and how important is it if you say well look I have to do my meeting now but we can talk at five o'clock how important is it that you actually do talk at five o'clock Oh, God, it's vital. I mean, that's why I put a a reminder on my phone, because let's face it, most of us may well forget. But from their point of view, as I said, it's an important thing for them or they wouldn't be coming to you. Yes. So it is vitally important that we go back and say it. And I think it's very important, you know, parents, we can beat ourselves up. We can only do our best, but there's always a time in the day to give that two or three minutes. And very often that's all it is, Mm. you know, just to give it back and let the kids see that you, you know, you respect them, you value them, you are interested in their life because yeah. really you are the most important person in their world and if they don't think you're interested, where is that going to leave them, you know? Indeed. Congratulations, Eileen, on, on the book. When, when we first spoke, uh, Jumpstart Your Confiden- Confidence was, was a small but burgeoning project. Now, book, website, podcasts, the whole lot. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, this book has been in my head for a number of years now and if something positive was to come out of this last 12 months, it would certainly make me getting this on paper. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do, PJ. I feel very grateful and lucky that I found an area that I really um, am passionate about. And I suppose because I work so much with kids, I just want to give a few tips to parents just to help them, just to help them manage the different challenges that we all have. And the easiest way I felt to do that was to do it in a book because parenting can be very private and sometimes parents are slow to talk and share and look for support or advice so a lot of what I've written is very basic very practical but you know it is coming from the perspective of the kids that I've worked with over the last 10 years so a lot of it's just real and mm. I'm not telling anybody how to parent a child I mean nobody can do that everybody's child is different their parenting values expectations are different all I'm trying to do is say if we just give a little bit of time to the basics you know we, we're, we're going to end up in a much better place as our kids go into the teenage years. So it's just very practical, easy read, um, and just very realistic, I suppose. Mm. Most of us know what's in there, but it's reminders that I think we do all need. And a lot of what I've written, say the first whole chapter, PJ, now is about um, parents looking after themselves too, because I, I would very strongly believe that if we all gave a little bit of time to check in on ourselves a little bit more, and if we need support, that we're brave enough to go out and get it, we're in a lot better place to parent our kids. Okay. Okay. It's called the parent: How to navigate the ever-changing world of parenting. I wish you luck with it, uh, Eileen Keane of JumpstartYourConfidence.com. Thanks, Eileen. And uh, good to have you back on the show. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. I'm looking at the 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 the, the proc, and uh, they seem to have taken some umbrage uh, to my little joke about the Taoiseach's vaccination ceremony. Lads, lads, keep the trousers on, will you? Keep the hair on. I think the Michal Martin I know, and bear in mind I've known him since he was a young city councillor, I think the Michal Martin I know would have got a bit of a kick out of me calling it the vaccination ceremony. Go on away with that now. 1850 916 Eugene says, Happy Covid Eclipse Day. Yes, at last the start of the COVID eclipse has shown itself. Bit by bit, from today on, until we reach totality, says Eugene. That is a strange and cryptic message. Even for you, Eugene.
Caller says kids can talk to their grandparents too. I always tell mine, ring me no matter what. When they're that small, I say their brains are like little sponges. Eileen from Jumpstart Your Confidence is an inspiration, says this message. Halfway through the book, very simplistic, very practical. Hope it helps me be the best mum I can going forward. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Just some more stuff on the English market and possibly the conversion of the Hilsa building into a public toilet. It's quite a bit of a take-up on that. Uh, We still don't know what's happened out around Douglas, except that there is a lot of places without power. No power up Donnybrook Hill. Barry from the newsroom has been checking with the fire service. They've not been alerted. ESB Power Check app, very useful app, by the way, says there's a fault in Trebeg, first reported 10.15, due to be restored by about 11.30, 1,600 or so customers affected. Keep an eye to that. 1850 You know the one thing I can never understand? Get your head around most things in life. You get your head around cynicism towards vaccines. You get your head around people who think that COVID is a mess or COVID is, is, a, is, a, is a hoax. You get your head about all that, around all that nonsense. That's, that's, you can understand that. Where what I can't understand, what I can't understand is mindless vandalism. I can never understand how we would go in to somewhere like, uh, like a football club and you would just destroy training gear and cones and nets and stuff just as they're about to go back and be able to train in little groups. What is broken in people that they will do that? Uh, Kate Durant, Kate, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Yeah, I couldn't put it better myself. It's sad, isn't it? There's Eileen Halley talking about all things good about parenting and all that and then this is the flip side of it and it's just so hard it's so disappointing isn't it yeah like what happened up at waterloo oh well there was there was a fire and um i suppose uh, who who did it and, and i won't say why there's never a why who did it is under investigation but it's felt to be young people and and it's destroyed every single thing they've got there's a club up there waterloo uh, football club and they've played in the Cork AUL League. They're a tiny club, but they've played there for the last 45 years, since 1977. Massive following locally. And great players in the community in terms of, you know, um, Little Abby, whose um, anniversary was celebrated this weekend. They supported her wish to walk. Pieta House, they always have a challenge match for us and donate. So basically, their 45 years has gone up in smoke this weekend. The shed was burnt down. All of their equipment, and I mean all of it, their nets, their balls, their poles, their training equipment, their pitch liner, everything they need is gone. And as you say, you know, having waited this last year to start, Mm. two weeks before they can start again, and they have nothing. I'm looking at a picture here of of a fireman just looking in at at, at what's burnt and destroyed. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking, and it's just Mm. inexplicable, Kate. It is, because it's such a strong community. Like, Waterloo um, is a tiny, you know, because you, you live in Waterloo. Well. But, but like, as a community, by God, they punch above their weight. You know, they're, they're tidy towns. It's fine, but the bridge is beautiful. It's such a joy to go and walk out there. The, the pub opened up Saturday morning to give away teas and coffees for Pieta. The lads are there. And for this to happen in a small community where everybody knows everybody, that's really difficult because, you know, if if... if I suppose you have the two sides of the coin, you have the people who are for the community and then you've got the, the odd bad apple in it and, and that's very difficult in a small community too. So they've got to start from scratch. They've got two weeks to do it. Um, so in fairness to the lads, they're, they're very positive. I suppose they would, they would 
devastated last night. Um, but by the time I woke up this morning, they had their GoFundMe set up Good and they them. need 5,000 euro to replace just the basics. Um, and presumably it's all the volunteers and all the people who are given the training and giving their time. They're going to be the ones to put their hand in their pockets because that's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and as I just had a quick look before I came on to you and they've nearly a thousand raised so far, Good. just above 900. Um, so if anyone can help, I mean, this is a vital cog in, in the community. I mean, as, like Eileen was talking about parenting and what's there for our young people. Without sport, our kids have nothing. Mm. You know, and they've taken away, you know, whoever... This and and so many of them would have been looking forward to this day when they can go oh, out and train properly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've waited. They've waited and waited and waited. And we recognise, all of us as adults recognise, this is the one of the most important things we can do for our children, to keep them engaged and keep them involved in sport. Mm. So the people who did this and took us away from a small community, a small, lovely, vibrant community, mm. um, uh, hang their heads in shame. But as I say, look, the club... All they want to do now is get back on track. Um, and if anybody can help by giving okay. any few bob, there go for me. It's on their Facebook page. If you Google it on GoFundMe, you'll find it. And if anybody would like to help, if there's anything they could do, they'd appreciate it. Okay. And uh, and appreciate to you too for. I know, no, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that these things happen. Thank you, Kate. Kate Durant, Waterloo FC, and like it's. I know Blarney reasonably well, and it's like it's it's like Manchester United in miniature. Everybody in the area knows the club, follows the club, supports the club, and yet, you know, some tug or tugs decided, ah, there's a great idea now. Just before they go opening up again and training again, let's burn the place down. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Do you know, something I meant to do earlier on and I forgot all about it, um... With all the things easing today, businesses taking appointments, and great to see the salons in particular and all the other point, block, block booked with appointments for days and days and days and days, about weeks on end. <laughs> and I really have a great laugh with all the people over the weekend with appointments for pennies. A number of people sent me text messages with their attached kind of screen grab of their appointment for pennies. I tell you, lads, I mean, I even heard... Um, no, it was frowned upon, so I won't name the club, but apparently a club up the country, a gay club up the country, got itself two pennies vouchers. And they were giving away the pennies voucher and a 50 euro to spend or something in the, in it, whatever, and doing it for charity. I think it was, I think it was frowned upon, but it was a very, very creative idea. People are texting, ah, come on now. Appointments for pennies, give over. Lads, it's marketing. It's marketing. They'll all be open as normal next week for your fluffy socks and your brand new jocks and all that. But but this week it's marketing. And I don't know, I think it's marketing genius. I honestly think it's marketing genius because the talk around, the buzz around the place this weekend with people talking about pennies and that. But something else that we can do from kind of this day forward is we can start meeting people again. We can start meeting up with friends 
uh, outdoors, of course, at the moment, unless, of course, they're vaccinated, in which case you can go indoors with them. But there's many people who haven't seen a friend in a long time. So outside of family, now obviously family is what everybody wants to see. Family is who everybody wants to meet up with again, particularly family, grandparents, aunties, uncles, you know, parents even that you haven't seen in a very, very long time. So outside of family, is there a friend that you really want to see that you haven't seen in ages? And I, by seen, I don't mean over Zoom. That's not the same. That isn't the same. So is there a friend that you want to see? And what makes them that important that you want to see them? Like, what is the definition of a great friend? What does a great friend bring to your life? And what are you looking forward to seeing that great friend? Why are you looking forward to seeing that one great friend? What is it that they do? What is it that they bring to your life in person, for example, that they can't bring over Zoom? Have a thought. 083 396 96 96. We started this morning with Fiona's account of what happened last evening down Mahan Way and it's in before the courts this morning and if we hear any more before the end of the programme we'll certainly catch up with it but look it is what it is when it's before the courts and and best to say no more about it but we don't know whether what happened to Karen was actually linked but it's too close to be a coincidence there was just some very riotous scenes down around Mahan yesterday and it looks as if poor old Karen got caught up in the crossfire, or rather your aunt did, Karen. Good morning to you. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What happened? Um, so my aunt was visiting St. Michael's Cemetery yesterday, as she does every day. Um, and she parked the car outside in the car park. And she was in there for about 10 minutes. She was a very quick visit. And when she came back out, her entire back screen of her entire windscreen at the back was completely shattered. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the pictures. I but did. It was I it did. Was, it was smashed right in. Yeah. Was anything taken out of the car? No, she was actually very lucky um, um, in one sense because I suppose had the person intended on taking something, there were items in the back seat. You can see in the picture there's like a loaf of bread in her shopping there, but um, there was nothing of value in the back and her handbag was covered up the front of the car. She very cleverly covered her handbag, so... If someone was looking for a quick, I suppose, grab and go, they, they didn't get anything. She'd be lucky in that sense. Yeah. And she was going just to do what, what loads of people do every day, go in and visit the, the graves of a loved one and come back. How is she? Is she very shocked? She's very shook up by it, I suppose, because, um, as I said in my post, it's somewhere that she goes as, I suppose, an outlet. And, you know, it's a social setting for her, which sounds strange, but there's a lot of people down there, you know, they walk the graveyard, you know, they go visit their, their lost relatives and they have a chat and she's there daily. And, you know, it's, it's, she never she never really misses a visit. So I suppose she, she did get an awful fright somewhere that she goes every day and you would be cautious, you know, you always lock your car and cover your bag, but, you know, you don't expect to come out and see that happen to your yeah. car. So Now, it was about half six in the evening, which means that the, the kerfuffle over the road was, was still going on. They may or may not be connected, but she contacted the guards, did she? So because she got such a fright, she left 
straight away and um, she didn't want to hang around she was a bit nervous and mm-hmm. um, so she left and she she met a, a guard along her way she was on her way here to show us the car and she met a guard along the way and that guard you know took her information and said one of the guards would call for a statement to her and um, so she wrote she did report it to them um, and you know they are meant to be calling to her for a statement yeah. The good news is, I think anyway, I'm open to correction on this. I know from your front, for your front windscreen, uh, your insurance company will cover the replacement without it affecting your, your policy. But I'm not too sure about the back, but generally there is a, there is that kind of cover that you can yeah. get done at least, you know. Yeah, so we found out, I wasn't sure um, earlier today, but we did find out just just before this call that she is covered, so she's very happy about that. That's great. Um, which is great news. I mean, look, nothing was stolen. She's safe and, you know, she is covered. Um, it's terrible that it happened and, you know, someone should be held accountable for it, which is why I was hoping someone might have, you know, if you're walking by and have your phone in your hand and you see something, my instinct is always to take a picture or a video and, you know, with the hope that someone might have seen something, but, you yeah. know, and for her own peace of mind going down there every day, but she yeah. is very lucky. It's covered and, you know, you know she's safe and, and nothing was taken. R- remind me so, again, of where she was, because there's lots of places you can park to go visit St. Michael's. So it's on the side by, um, I suppose, the Ballinor side by the, the shop. So oh, yeah. You come off the main road and, you know, it's the, the, I suppose the, the more common used, commonly used um, entrance there yeah. with the car park. The, I don't, yeah, I know the place. Yeah. The, and there's a little shop up around the corner. Yeah, yeah, there's a lovely little shop across the road yeah. and then a small little car park in the area and you can kind of pull in, in and around the estates there or in the car park itself. Gotcha. And she was in the car park itself. So somebody may well have seen us around half six yesterday. Yeah, like, I mean, it was still daylight, PJ. So, I mean, you know, there's lots of people walking the area, lots of people live in the area. I've had lots of, you know, I suppose, contacts who live nearby to say they weren't there. But, you know, it's very likely someone was walking past. And okay. um, I suppose the nature of my post is just to, you know, if someone did happen to take a video or take a picture, that they would send it into the garden. Okay. Because there's lots of people like my aunt who, who you know, go to that graveyard and, yeah. you know, want to feel safe. Just, just for her peace of mind, she can yeah. see if I can. Okay. Karen, thank you very much for that. 1850 Six. That was. Uh, imagine g- going to visit a loved one's grave and coming back and find the back of your car like that caved in. Um, at least it's covered under her insurance, which is great. And often a lot of insurance policies will do it for the front windscreen. I'm not entirely sure if they do it for the back, but at least she's discovered this morning that it is covered for the back window of her car under her insurance and it won't affect her premium which is important. 1850-715-996. There's a lot going on with Debenhams, says a message. The general campaign for redundancy protection this week. But the Debenhams workers have asked that we highlight, if you want to support them, they have a petition on uplift.ie or myuplift.ie. It says support the Debenhams bill. The Debenhams bill is being brought before the doll this week, I think, uh, by Mick Barry, um, just to avoid what happened to the Debenhams workers happening again. Mick understands, and I think most people understand, that even if it were to be passed, it can't be applied retrospectively. When I put that to him the last time he was on with me, he said he understands that. Everybody knows that, but so that it won't happen to the next group of workers, uh, like like the Debenhams workers. Uh, but they have a petition, myuplift.ie. And they're looking for support. 1850 715 996. Can we just talk?
The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Okay, good few traffic issues out there this morning. Johnny, the listener, has been on to us. Johnny. Hi, guys. Just a traffic update for yourselves. There's a truck broken down on the hard shoulder before the man turn off. If you've seen anything I've missed, you can text or WhatsApp when it's safe to do so on 83 96 96 96. I'm Johnny for a street fleet for Corks 96 FM. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool for Skoda in the city. A long-standing tradition in Cork. Open 24-7 at milldc.com. Cork's 96FM. There's a craze at the moment of taking vans, not necessarily vans that were designed to be of the camper variety, but making them into the camper variety and driving them around. Little bedrooms and kitchens inside them. They're tiny, but it's a huge craze. And one of the people, there was a great piece about it in the examiner on Friday. And one of the people featured was Joanne Crowley, who's a teacher from Coachford and joins me. Joanne, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. How are you doing? Good. It's tiny, Joanne. How do you stand up without clocking your head off the roof? Well, no, I can stand inside mine quite comfortably. Now, I'm not the tallest of people either, but um, yeah. no, it's a, it's a large enough van that you can stand inside and no bother. So, what, what kind of van is it? It's a Nissan NV400. Right. And how did you go about converting it? Uh, well, I'm not fully finished yet, but um, no, it's just something I've always wanted to do. I've seen people do it online, and I suppose had I not the time this year, the lockdown, I probably would have never have done it. Um, but I do, I do, I've done most of it myself. Um, now, over the weekend, I had help from the uncle, right, to uh, put in some of the electrics, but I love I love woodworking, um, so I'm happy out working away at it the whole time. Mm. So, so the process is you get, you get the van, and you literally strip it out bare, don't you? Yeah, strip it out, wash it down, treat the rust, and start putting your bits in then. Mm. Like there's lining and there's insulation and there's all that to come out. You're right back to the bare metal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then uh, you could have a few rust spots so you have to go treating that then. Uh, now, luckily, I, I end too much of that. Mm. And then did you do all the woodworking yourself? Yep, yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite part. I'm happy I was working with that. Right. So I take it that when this is all done, it'll be fully roadworthy and ready to go so where are you headed? Uh, I, do you know what I haven't thought that far ahead yet so I am hopeful I'll be on the road in the next three weeks um, so I don't know West Cork Kerry up the country I'm not too sure yet Yeah, How many people can fit into it? Uh, so uh, there's three seats in the front and I'd probably sleep three people in the back of it as well now it'll be snug but <laughs> yeah Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was there's, looking at your little kitchen and everything everything is is it you you made it yourself so it's, is it in miniature to fit the space like what have you got in there uh, to be honest I've actually ended up having a load of counter space I probably actually have more room to prep food than I do in an actual kitchen at home Um but yeah, so I'll just have sleeping arrangements. Uh, there'll be a table. Actually, there'll nearly be six people could sit around my table and just a little kitchenette. I'm not doing a, a shower or a toilet. You're not doing a shower or a toilet? No, no, no. So you'll, you'll have to be maybe driving around looking for a loo? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> is it an expensive thing to do? Um, it is, yeah. Um now, I've, I've been afraid to add up what I've spent so far, but, um, yeah, it would put a dent in the bank, right? 
Mm, because you obviously bought the van. That cost a few bob. Yeah. And then all the materials. Um, yeah, like once once I've it finished and I do edit everything up, I will, you know, I will put it on the Instagram how much I spent in it to let people know. Because I, I, I know when I had been looking at people do it, they'd never really tell you what things cost. And it could be very frustrating. But yeah, I've no problem sharing once I've everything added up how much exactly it cost me. Okay, okay. And the Instagram is is, is what? Let, let... Uh, yeah, the Instagram is Peggy the Van Twenty Twenty One. So I've named the van Peggy. Why Peggy? I don't know. I just think it's a great name. Um, I just kind of looked at her and thought she looks like a Peggy. <laughs> she looks like a Peggy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no explanation for that. None no, necessary. Yeah. <laughs> So if there's one place that you want to go in Peggy? Um, I would probably love going to Castle um, Castle Gregory in yeah. Kerry. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a fabulous place to take it. Great. All Park right. up by the beach. Well, good luck with it. I know you're teaching, so back to it. Uh, th- thanks for joining us on your school break. Thanks, Joanne. 1850 Yeah, <laughs> There's loads of them around. People have been just parking them out the back, and when there was nothing to do or nowhere to go they were tinkering around with these little vans and they've now created them into little mobile homes small little tiny ones I don't know Jeez, I, don't know. I don't know would I would you sleep in a thing that small I know that if I if I arrived home to the Queen Bee and said right we're going to convert that and we're going to drive up and down the wild Atlantic way I don't think it would go down too well because me missus likes her space. So she does. 1850-715-996. We heard earlier on this morning from Kieran, who was complaining about the number of people not sanitising as they go into shops and other premises. And I would have to agree with him. You see an awful lot of it now. Rachel was on. Kieran is correct. I've observed very little sanitising in shops. It's a really busy shop in Carrigaline, selling anything and everything. The sanitizer down there has been broken for days. They had a tiny bottle on the opposite side, but I didn't see anyone using it. I walk every day, I pass the shop, and I just simply watch. Definitely the majority not sanitizing for the time I see it. It's madness. Greed and profit seems more important than people. Staff not wearing masks properly. Either, says Rachel. Well, I still do. I was in Tesco's this morning at Seven Bells and I would always sanitise going into any shop. If the sanitizer is there, I will look for it and use it. And sometimes I would forget, I would go back and use it. It's, it's important going into a shop to sanitise your hands. If you don't, you're not playing the game. You really need to... To be part of the solution, you've got to accept it for a little while longer. We've got to wear that mask, and for a bit longer, we've got to sanitise those hands and wash them every so often. Because as we get through this and come out the other side, one of the things that will help us to get through it and come out the other side is to continue doing the simple things that we've been doing all along. 1857 Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. 
speaking of the, the masks, we'll be wearing them for a while to come. And that is just the reality of it. I'd like to think you'd be rid of them by this time next year or even by the end of the year. And as more and more of us are vaccinated, it will become uh, unnecessary to wear them. Uh, but at the moment, still got to put the things on when you go into a shop or any kind of a premises at all. Like we wear them here, obviously not in studio, it would sound a bit bizarre, but yeah, we wear them around the building here. Uh, and I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. It's a pain in the arse, but you do it because it's the right thing to do. Can I remind you, we're only days away now. Um, days away. It's uh, Thursday week, the Corks 96M Giving for Living Radiothon uh, taking place over the three days. We weren't able to do it last year. It broke our hearts to have to cancel it last year. So this year we're doing it. And we're doing it in a, if you like, a COVID compliant way. And we need your help. We're asking you to organise a no uniform day at your school. It'll raise vital funds for Cork Cancer Services. So if you get the okay for it, just pick a day and then go on to 96fm.ie, click Giving for Living Radiothon and register your no uniform day for your school. The Giving for Living Radiothon is May 20th to 22nd and it's only on Cork's 96fm. As I said, it broke our hearts not to be able to do it last year. Uh, But mercifully and thankfully, we can do it this year in a, as I said, a COVID-compliant and aware, aware way from the 20th to the 22nd of May. And we cannot wait. 1850-715-996. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Because the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones that today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the dreams bring back all the memories And the memories bring back, memories bring back your There's a time that I remember When I did not know no pain When I believed in forever And everything would stay the same Now my heart feel like December When somebody say your day Cause I can't reach out to call you But I know I will one day Everybody hurts sometimes, everybody hurts someday, yeah, yeah. but everything gon' be alright, gon' raise a glass and say, hey. Cheers to the ones that we got, cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not, cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today, toast to the ones that we lost on the way, cause the dreams bring back all the memories, and the memories bring back
Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back memories Bring back your Maroon 5 and Memories on Cork's 96 FM, 1850-715-996. You know, the friend that you want to see, that it's not the same as seeing them on Zoom, and what makes them that special friend? Here's a suggestion. It's someone who's fun to hang out with and takes your mind off other things and doesn't tell you what mood to be in, just lifts your mood. That's a nice way of putting it. Another valuable piece of... Wisdom about a, a a great friend. A friend will tell you what you want to hear. A great friend will tell you what you need to hear, whether you like it or not. That's another great piece of friendship advice. But uh, is there a friend that you want to, you're looking forward to seeing that it's not enough to see them on Zoom? And what is it that their friendship brings to your life? Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Just we were just mentioning yesterday that uh, Katie O'Keefe from the newsroom was down at the Taoiseach's vaccination yesterday um, and it's all over the papers today that Michal got the first dose of his AstraZeneca he's 60 years of age, he'd be 61 in August and straight, I actually had a message in during the morning from someone whose husband I think it is, is 63 and registered uh, towards the end of April and hasn't been called just yet I would nearly suggest ring your GP at, if that's the case they are calling people it's kind of random. Some people are registering like today and being called in two days. Other people are registering and they don't hear for a while. But they are being called after you register. You are being called. I think age 53 and 54 can, can do it from tomorrow. And you get your call within a week or two. It's, it, it, you have to give them some credit for it. They have speeded it up and it does seem to be working. But in the course of that few words that the Taoiseach had with the media yesterday, he was asked about vaccination of young people. And it was in in the context again of what was happening Saturday night or Saturday around town with young people gathering in groups and a bit of drinking going on in the street. And any bit of good weather now at all, youngsters are out in the street drinking outside the pubs and outside, down the docks. For the most part, not doing any harm at all. And we should stress that. For the most part, doing no harm at all other than being out drinking in public. And the fear is, of course, that they'll pass the virus on to each other and they'll bring it home and you know yourself. So the call has been made or the query has been asked several Would it not be prudent to just start vaccinating people in their 20s? and 30s and let them get on with their lives. We see how vaccinating the older people, vaccinating healthcare workers, vaccinating all those other cohorts, we see that case numbers have have collapsed in a lot of those cohorts. And looking at the evening figures now, 500 and something yesterday, 77% of those were in in people in their in their 30s. Or sorry, yeah, in their 30s, 30s under 40. So there was a case to be made. It came up yesterday uh, with Michal Martin down at City Hall. The objective from a clinical point of view and from a public health perspective 
is to vaccinate those who are most at risk of getting severe illness or indeed death from the virus. Hence, we started uh, in nursing homes, we started in frontline healthcare staff because they were dealing with patients on the front line, and then we went through the age cohorts and the older age cohorts. That has worked in terms of reducing vulnerabilities much earlier on the journey of this virus. I do get the point you're making, as I said, but I think we're going to, you know, we're going to progress very quickly now uh, in May and June. This is, you know, within a seven-week period here, this will be transformed, and younger people will be coming on stream to get vaccinated. Uh, and we're on target to do that. Okay, that's the answer. Um, they'll get down into the 20s and 30s fairly fast. They're, they're still telling us that by the end of June, mid-July, everyone over 18 who wants a vaccine will have had an opportunity to get their first jab. And we sincerely hope that they're right. 1850 Is it really a year today since old Jaunty was uh, laid to rest? He'd have been so happy yesterday when he saw the result against Watford. And, you know... To see hurling back this weekend alone was just brilliant to watch. Uh, the real beautiful game, as I call it, every year. But to see hurling back was fantastic. And to see that great result for Watford, or for Cork over Watford yesterday, Jonty would have been hopping up and down with glee, wouldn't he, Joe? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, Jonty, the, the year passed very quickly. And um, I'm sure he would have been absolutely chuffed yesterday to see Cork hurling back, you know, scoring goals, five goals, and uh, a really uh, energetic performance from uh, a number of the young guns who made their presence felt yesterday, and Jonathan, to that effect, you know, really loved Cork hurling, Cork as a whole, really. Um, you know, he followed the ladies footballers, the Camogie team, and the hurlers, and through taking pin, it wasn't just when they were winning, Jonathan was a a loyal supporter all the year round. There, there was a, a story told one time that at many a match, the ref would take a look into the stand before throwing in a ball, almost to get permission from John T to start the match. Yeah, he was a larger-than-life character. And, um, you know, I think he enjoyed the whole banter, the, the, the occasion, whether it was a league game up in Salt Hill or whether it was a championship game in, in Perlick. It didn't matter, really. John T was there, um, as I say, whether it was a camogie match in front of a couple of hundred people or Croke Park at all Ireland final day, it all came alike to Jonty and uh, he, he was instantly recognisable and, you know, on match day he was posing for photographs with supporters yeah. and, you know, people would have had their children taking selfies with Jonty and, you know, he embodied all the, the enjoyment of, of match day and I suppose, you know, in the surreal times we live in now when the, there's no spectators. You know, there's I, a I lovely photograph of him there. Day. I have a lovely photograph here in front of me of, of, of himself and, and yourself and he done up in the full the full regalia. There was no drum there though. <laughs> he didn't have the drum with him then. Yeah, um, the, the the drums were very much as part and parcel of him. And of course the whole group, you know, Cyril and um, Bomber Roach and um, Pad the Piper, you know, and Eddie the Eagle, there was a crew of them and, you know, they were great friends. I, I think it was all embodied at a funeral last year when, you know, people turned up and, you know, uh, observed social distancing and yeah. they played the drums and the pipes outside the locked church. Just so quickly how the year has progressed. Indeed, indeed. Just there, Joe, while, um, while I have you, uh, Minister for Sport Jack Chambers, while we've been on air actually, has offered a commitment to deliver equal financial support for female GA into county players. He said, female stars who currently get 400 will get 1,200 
same as their male counterparts. And we've mentioned this, uh, our, both of us, in your, in your own broadcasting uh, on Life FM, and we've mentioned it here in this program many times, Joe. The, the, you know, the, the, the women need equality on every level, and, and that's, a, that's a start, at least. It's a great starting point because, uh, as I say, women's sport has really blossomed. Obviously, we've seen the, the recent exploits of uh, Rachel Blackmore, yes. um, who, who's brought you know women's sport really to, to new levels, and she doesn't like being called a, a female jockey. You know, she's a jockey, but you know the, we've seen the, the, the levels set enjoyed by the Cork Ladies footballers through their amazing years. Cork Camogie invariably always boxing at the top table, and is actually at the Cork City Women's game on. Saturday, and they were playing Westford Youth, and they reached the cup final last year. So, yeah, you know, women's sport continuing to grow, but as I said, deserving equality. And uh, Eamon Ryan, the late Eamon Ryan, always said for women's sport to really progress, you need to get women following the sport, you know, Mm. attending the sport. and, And that's something that needs to be highlighted a lot more as well. Mm. Just before I let you go, Joe, that that result yesterday against Waterford, people were very. enthused by it I suppose look one swallow doesn't make a summer as it were but it was a good game it was a fantastic game to watch a very open game um, late on I suppose with, there was a flurry of goals maybe you know the substitutions were made on either side and maybe there was a little bit of rustiness defending Waterford maybe were missing a couple of their key players as were Cork but um, yeah hard to judge this early in the season but a lot of optimism because there was an awful lot of pace in that Cork attack as well of course, the old reliable Patrick Horgan, flawless in his free-taking, but there were so many positives. Tim O'Mahony, um, mm. Mark Coleman, you know, in his new position at centre-back, Darius had given back to his E.D. height. And, um, the speed of the passing of the ball was just brilliant. Yeah, and Shane Barris, another guy who deserves big plaudits. And, of course, the substitutions then, that was one of the great strengths yesterday with Cork's bench. Um, Alan Connolly, who was the star of Black Rock County, success, you know, last year, getting two goals, and of course Shane Kingston, who was one of Cork's two All-Star nominees last year, you know, as soon as he came on, he made a huge impression, he got the goal that kind of rubber-stamped Cork's victory, and he was provider then for Alan Connolly's goal, so huge positives, really, a great start, great to get off on the front foot, and I suppose we'll get a better indication now next week when we take on Tipperary in Turles. Yeah, that'll be another one to watch. Thank you very much for that, Joe. Joe Seward, sports broadcaster and friend of the late Jonty, whose first anniversary is today. My goodness. 1850 715 996. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread. 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. You guys ready? Drive home weekdays from four on Corks 96 FM. Hey, it's Lorraine. It finally happened. The salons are back open and we can travel intercounty. So, whether you're cutting loose or getting a haircut, I'm with you every evening with the biggest tunes, Cork news, and showbiz chat. And I love to hear from you too. So, go on, pop by and say, Hey, Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, to your weekdays from 4 on Cork's 96FM. The Big Drive Home. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. The Big Drive Home. On Cork's 96FM. Story on the front page of this morning's Irish Examiner tells us that at least 514 people have been reinfected with COVID-19 
in this country since the pandemic began. The rate of reinfection has escalated since Christmas. Now, we were told for many months that you could get COVID a second time, that it was unlikely because having it the first time conferred some level of immunity on you. Strong immunity, we would have thought, but 500 and odd people have managed to pick it up a second time. Now, it's a very, very small proportion of the actual number of cases that have been confirmed in the country, which is, give or take, a quarter of a million at this stage. But, you know, they're not sick, but they have had it a second time. It's rare, and that's a very small number, 514 out of nearly a quarter of a million is rare. But let's, let's, let's discuss whether we should be worry of it at the same time. And he's been on the show with me many times, Professor Kingston Mills from uh, Trinity College. Kingston, good to have you on the show again. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. It's a very small number, given the number of people who've actually had a confirmed COVID case in this country. Should we be concerned about it, though? Not at all. I think it's actually a great number because it's it's telling us that previous infection is practically, you know, as good as not better than the vaccine. I mean, the efficacy of the vaccines that we're currently using, the best of them, which are the mRNA vaccines, are 95% based on the clinical trials, less than preventing COVID-19, um, which is great efficacy for a vaccine. But, uh, you know, to have only 500 cases amongst 251,000, which is a frequency of 0.02%, is tiny. Um, you know, vaccines, um, uh, if they had that efficacy, you'd be, you'd be jumping for joy. So I, I, I don't think there's anything to be worried about with this. I think it, what it shows is that most people who get infected with SARS-CoV-2 are, are protected against reinfection with the virus, and there's a tiny number that will get reinfected. Mm. Do we know how long that acquired, that is the correct word, isn't it? Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, that acquired immunity. Do we know how long that lasts yet? I mean, there was initial reports saying it would drop off after six months. Um, um, and, what, you know, it's to do with the antibody level. So when you get infected, you generate an antibody response against the virus. And that is what then protects you against reinfection. And the antibodies can wane over time. And the, you know, there was some suggestion based on other SARS viruses that the antibodies wane quite quickly. But that's sort of been refuted in more recent studies, which shows that the, the antibodies can stick around for a bit longer. What we do know is that the vaccines can actually generate stronger antibody response than, than the infection. So the good news that from the vaccine perspective is that especially the mRNA vaccines generate very strong antibody responses and that's sort of reflected in their very very, very good efficacy. But still, infection does so as well. We don't have, a, we can't, it's, it's impossible to put a, an exact mm. you know, number of months on it because it varies very much with the individual. And of course, that explains why some people, a tiny number, will get reinfected and others don't. Yeah, there were, there were childhood illnesses, I remember getting them, and you'd be told, right, that's it, now you can only ever get that once because your body is immune forever. Once your body learns to recognise this virus, you'll never yeah. get it again. There's no chance of that happening with this, is there? Yeah, I mean, the big issue with this is not so much the longevity of the of the antibody responses to do with the changes that occur with the virus. With viruses like measles, mumps, rubella, 
um, they, they, they don't vary that much. Mm. Um, so, so when you've got immunity to them, the, 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 the virus hasn't changed, so that immunity will protect you for a long time. And even right. when the antibody declines to very low levels or, or even zero, you still have these memory immune cells which will mm. make the antibody again when you get infected. So it will protect you. Now, the difference with SARS-CoV-2 is that the virus is, of course, varying, it's changing, it's mutating. Mm-hmm. So, so today's virus is not the same as tomorrow's, next week, or the following month. So, unfortunately, we've heard about the various, you know, the B117 UK, now the South African, the Brazilian, and mm. the Indian variants, all of which have mutated away from where they originally were. Mm. So, the immunity against the original one. Now, the really good news that came out last week from a study in, in two studies, one in Israel and one in Qatar, the Israel one showed that um, people who had been given the Pfizer vaccine were highly protected against um, infection with the with the, the UK variant, not just against disease, but infection. Yes. So it was over 90 percent, 94 percent to be precise. And, and that was dependent, and, and, and that was it. Or any type of infection, whether it was symptomatic or asymptomatic. Yeah. That was the Israel study. And then the Qatar study, where there's quite a lot of the South African variant, they were able to get an efficacy level against the, the South African variant with the, with the Pfizer vaccine, and they found that it was over 90% against the original one, mm. but 75% against the South African, which is good news. That's 75% efficacy, which on any vaccine you'd be happy with. Oh, yeah. So Coming back to the reinfections briefly, Kingston, I forgot yeah. to ask you this one. Like those 500, I guess it's a tiny, tiny number and, and very good. But can, can those people be infectious? It depends on, I mean, I haven't looked at the data and I don't know whether the data has been released and whether they're symptomatic or asymptomatic or whether they have been hospitalized. I would predict that they probably weren't hospitalized. Um, and what happens is that when people are hospitalized, they usually have high viral load and therefore they're more likely to transmit the virus to others, whereas people who are, have milder illness have lower virus load, therefore very are much less likely to transmit it. That's not to say that they won't transmit it, because even asymptomatic mm. people can transmit it. Yes. But their chances of somatic, transmitting it are, are lower. It's an incredibly small number, and we should be very happy with that. Yeah. Just on the subject of antigen testing, because it became... Dr. Holohan came out at the weekend um, and telling people not to buy the ones for sale for example, in Lidl. Yet, a lot of people are saying, well, actually, the more we can test ourselves and check ourselves for antigen responses, the better for us all. Who's right and who's wrong here? Um, I don't necessarily think there's a right and wrong. I mean, I think um, the, the, the antigen tests have a great place to play in, in um, especially when there's a high prevalence of, of infection in the community. Um, Slovakia are the best example. They did mass testing late last year um, of the whole country. They, they not coerced, but they really persuaded the population to, to undergo mass testing. And they picked up 50,000 cases of infection that wouldn't otherwise have been picked up by mass testing. So that was a real success story. The UK have followed suit and they're doing pilots and various mass testing programs. But I think really where the merit of these, um, these rapid testing are is in the workforce, in schools, in colleges, in the hotel entertainment industry where mm. people can be tested on arrival. You imagine at a hotel, somebody is going to book in for a week. 
They take an antigen test before they walk in the premises, shown to be negative, take another one three or four days later, and then you're, you're, you know, you have some security. Mm. It's not 100%, yeah. but it's, it's, it, if they hadn't been tested, you, you, you wouldn't be picking up anyone, whereas if they are tested, yeah. you might pick up some. I mean, yeah, will, will, will an amateur at home just taking one of these boxes out of the, out of the press and testing it, like, will, will they do it accurately? Will they do it properly? Well, pregnancy tests are done exactly the same way, except it's a urine sample versus a, a nose um, swab or, or saliva sample. Um, so people can do, uh, you know, um, pregnancy tests at home quite effectively. I don't see any reason why they can't do this. Now, having said that, um, in the Liverpool pilot studies with the pension testing, when people did the tests themselves, they, 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 they were about between 50 and 60 percent accurate in that they missed some of them mm. but when when professionals did the test for them it went up over 80 percent so, you know, once people are trained on how to do them um, they can get better and in the uk they're doing them in schools and the way they do them is the first two or three times people the, the children or the, uh, the adolescents do the tests they do them in the school and then once they know how to do it they do them at home yeah so once somebody is trained and it take, it's like it takes five minutes to train someone how to do this it's not difficult but going into a supermarket buying them and, and just having to read the instructions people mightn't be able to follow them that easily um not you know some people mm. would be able to figure it out very quickly or mightn't. So there is a concern that people care, would go and care, test care, care advised, I think, Kingston yeah. is the message. Briefly, and lastly, because I know you've got a meeting coming up, Colin wants to know, and it's a, it's, a, it's a commonly asked question, why do you get your second Pfizer dose four weeks after the first uh-huh. and three months after your first AstraZeneca? Why is that? This is a very, very, very good question. And there's no scientific, real scientific reason for it in that you won't respond better, um, you know, four weeks after a Pfizer vaccine compared with four weeks after a Zeneca vaccine. It's all to do with um, the way that the, the data was generated in the AstraZeneca trial. They, they looked at the difference between boosting at four weeks versus boosting at 12 weeks. And they found that the protection was actually better when you waited at 12 weeks. I bet and predict that if the Pfizer vaccine had been tested in the same way they looked at at, at 12 weeks versus four that it'd be just as good if not better after 12 weeks the difference is of course is that the Pfizer vaccine with one dose is already very effective mm. it's 80 percent effective against infection after a single dose so in fact you know not waiting longer after the Pfizer dose is is immunizing people that don't you know to that you're, you're not wasting doses but you're using up doses that could be given to somebody else by by giving the dose four weeks after the Pfizer dose in my view and I think we should look seriously here at, at, at changing that policy and leaving that gap longer for the Pfizer so that, that more, people, more, more people first jabs into people. Yeah. You know, and, and one dose protects 80% of people, so why wouldn't you give them one dose? That's a fair point. Listen, thank you very much for your time, Professor Kingston Mills from Trinity College. Uh, letting him go there. He's got a meeting at midday. Thank you for your time. So that's a tiny number, front page of the, of the examiner. That story, a little bit disingenuous, uh, a little bit concerning, but... Uh, he says, no, actually, let's be very clear about this. Um, that's a tiny, tiny number out of 251,000 people. Tiny. So don't be worrying about it at all. Well, that's it. Program today, edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Maureen Twig. We'll stick up your podcast in the afternoon. And we'll see you tomorrow, just after nine. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.